the HD Movie Podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And we have yet another in our series of Summer of Sharks. And once more, we welcome Kate Orton as a guest. What are we going to be covering this week? Well, let's hope Darren controls himself with this one as we are going to be taking a look at Dark Tide starring Halle Berry and some sharks. This episode's Summer of Sharks movie is the 2012 film Dark Tide, directed by John Stockwell and starring Halle Berry and Olivier Martinez. And with us to discuss it is Kate Orton. Hello again, Kate. Nice to have you. Hi, Darren. It's shark time. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And... Do we have a synopsis early, and is it by the king of synopses himself? I'm so relieved now in this episode that we have a synopsis written by the man himself, Nick Briganis. Off the coast of the shark-infested Cape Town, a terrible tragedy and ultimately death puts a premature end to the otherwise brilliant career of the dedicated marine biologist and open sea diver, Kate Matheson. Now... Almost one year later, and with Kate's ever-growing debt to the bank threatening to put her out of business for good, the profitable proposition of her ex-boyfriend, Jeff, to take an adventurous entrepreneur on a dangerous shark dive is the only way to stay afloat. However, this is the realm of the ocean's most feared apex predator, the Great White. Is courage alone enough to stay alive? Again, Nick always makes these movies sound so much better than they actually are. Um, but this film does have promise and it does have potential, so I will give it that. But ultimately, it's a bit of a slow burn. It is, yes, it is a bit of a slow burn. Uh, John Stockwell, interestingly, has done a trilogy of these water-based movies. He did Into the Blue, he did Blue Crush, and he did this. So he's no stranger to sea-bound movies of one form or another. This is a little bit more adult than Blue Crush. It's kind of on the same level as Into the Blue. Yeah, I agree that it is a slow burn, and I think that is one of its chief issues in that it does plod a little bit. It's beautifully shot, it has some great underwater photography, and it has Halle Berry in it, which is good for me. I am trying not to turn this episode into a Halle Berry fan fest. You can turn it into a Halle Berry fan fest, but I will turn it into a Great White Shark fan fest. That's probably... Because you talked about the... the... The underwater cinematography is stunning. It's beautifully filmed. And actually, if you enjoy a nature documentary, if you like sharks, if you're interested in the wildlife of South African Cape, it's 
beautiful. There's a lot going for this film, I think. In that respect, definitely. I think, you know, it is beautifully made and I really enjoyed seeing like all those scenes in it. But I think in terms of the core of the film with the plot, it's just too much of a slog to get through at times and kind of repetitive in a lot of places as well, especially when they get to the point where they meet the entrepreneur who um, wants to do this dangerous shark dive. And I, I swear we have repetitive scenes of him basically nagging to get out of the cage and like do something really dangerous and they're all like telling him no. And I feel that scene goes on and on and on. But yeah, his character was just so annoying to me. So um, I didn't have a good time with it from the moment he appeared. He is meant to be a bit I of a twat. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right because he's... He's introduced and he's a bit of a twat. And then they make him be a bit of a twat over and over again to the point where I was thinking, yes, I know he's a bit of a twat. I don't need to see it 12 times. And you're right. It kind of it grinds the plot down because it's treading water. Sorry to use the pun when it <laughs> when it should be exciting us because it runs like an hour, 54 minutes this. 114 minutes is very long for this sort of movie. And I think they could have comfortably taken 20, 25 minutes out of it. And I think it would have been a really good film if it had been much shorter. But I think you're waiting so long for things to happen that you're actually checking watching and thinking, well, come on, you know, we need some action. And it's a good 45 minutes before they get out onto the water for the main sort of mission in the movie. And then it's about an hour and a half before you get any real peril and it's kind of just the last 15 minutes where this run into a situation where it's kind of uh, sorry for the use the pun again sink or swim so what's really interesting about it is when you go on imdb it says the movie's runtime is one hour 34 yet if you watch it for amazon prime it is included in prime it is near that two hour mark so i'm just wondering if there's been some extended cut put on amazon prime I think that sounds likely, actually. And for me, actually, a lot of the, the grinding stuff of, of waiting for something to happen, I didn't mind because I have a, a funny feeling that what they will have cut out is a lot of the wildlife shots. So when I say, you know, if you if you like a nature documentary, this is a good film for you, there are big extended scenes of the divers underwater looking at Cape fur seals, looking at Cape penguins, not just shark-based action, but there are lots, there's lots of footage of great whites. There's also some setup about kind of the, the way that nature tourism, ecotourism operates in places like South Africa, where there's, I really like the, the scene where after the initial setups happened and there's been the tragedy and now she's just running wildlife tours but it's nothing to do with sharks the german tourists who go to her little tourism operation and say we want to go in with the sharks and she's like no we don't do that and send them off and there's all of these shark boats going out and she's saying you know i can show you whales i can show you dolphins i can show you all of this but people just aren't interested because they they want the the big game, essentially, like people often will do on safari. It's very much the same in oceanic kind of tourism. Now, I, I have a personal axe to grind. Funny story, when I was 12 years old, I was listening to Capital Radio, and they had a competition. Write in to us and tell us the thing you want to do most in the world, your bucket list thing, and the, the more kind of crazy and ridiculous it is, the better. 
at 12 years old, I wrote into Capital Radio and I said, I want to go cage diving with great white sharks in South Africa. And when I was at school, my mum received a phone call saying, hello, can we speak to Kate, please? Sorry, what's this about? Um, this is Capital Radio. She's won our competition. Oh, OK. Um, she's at school. Oh, how old is she? 12. Ah, minimum entry age, 18. Oh, no. no. So, oh, the character cool. of Kate, who goes scuba diving with great white sharks <laughs> in South Africa, is a bit like seeing a dream realised. And, of course, in you know the ultimate fantasy, I would also be Halle Berry. So... <laughs> This was like watching a weird dream being realised on the celluloid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can all get your tiny violins out for me now. But I love this film because it shows me a place that I love with animals that I enjoy. And I actually, I don't care that there's poor scripting and pacing in places or the characters are slightly underdeveloped because... I also love that we see animals in the wild without agendas, which sounds like a really strange thing to say about animals, but often in films we see animals with agendas. <laughs> Sharks who are on a mission to do something, or even if it's just, you know, it's a ferocious, you know, your Jaws-type Bruce shark of, I'm just in it for the kills. The sharks in this film are just sharks being sharks in the wild. That's what you know, they're, yeah. they're feeding naturally, they're mating, they're hunting, whatever. But the, the film is about the impact that people have when they're disrespectful of animals in their natural habitats. And that's the core of it. And that, I think, is, is really interesting to see portrayed in a shark movie. Yeah, the sharks are not the bad guys in this movie at all. It is people coming into their habitat and disrupting everything. And they're just defending themselves, basically, or reverting back to their natures. And it's nothing to do with the fact that they're the villains of the piece. It's just people like the entrepreneur guy who just thinks that it's his business to poke his nose into somewhere where he shouldn't be and then realises that he shouldn't be there. So I do like that aspect of the script and I think it is interesting that they take it in a different direction to most shark movies. And I think if it had focused more on that and rather than bogged it down in the melodrama, I think we'd have got something far more interesting as an, a finished product than we did get because it doesn't need all that soul searching on the boat it doesn't need the couple who've broken up and might get back together it doesn't really need the father and some relationships that's really fractious it doesn't need the joker on the boat who is just pissing about for 90 minutes just playing practical jokes on people i'd have thrown him over the side that guy it would have been like right enough enough of the jokes you're going over the side if you do that again and oh, i'm not kidding i liked him <laughs> spoiler alert i was i was a little bit sad at the end i did say oh no tommy oh whereas i thought i was like thank fuck it's like yeah yeah i was told about it i didn't care him. who lived or died to be quite frank as oh. long as the sharks are all right that's the main thing in these films i mean that's more brutal <laughs> than like i didn't care about anybody i mean i i did care about a couple of the main characters obviously i'm going to say that i cared about Halle berry even though she <laughs> even though she kind of she's not a massively sympathetic character in this in places because she is a bit of a pain in the ass in places and she's very abrasive but i think you can set that aside because of the trauma that she's gone through previously and also the fact that there's like this voice inside me whenever halle berry 
he's on screen going, I, I love you, I love you, Ellie. And, but it's, yeah, it's that sort of thing. So I I apologise, firstly, to everybody on this podcast for, for doing that voice. And secondly, to Halle Berry, because I think it would be the situation where if ever Halle Berry walked in the room that I was in, then they would have to bring me around. They'd have to call an ambulance because I'd just faint dead away the minute I clapped eyes on her. Because I'm, I'm not generally starstruck by people, but I think Halle Berry is the exception. Well, I'm going to delicately bring the conversation away from Halle Berry and back to the, back to the characters. Um, I don't know if, if either of you guys have any experience of scuba diving or have ever been out on a, a skippered boat where you're doing kind of aquatic tourism. But actually, I quite appreciated the, the setup on the boat because inevitably the person in charge is quite regimented because mm. safety has to be first. Yeah. And so where she is abrasive and going, no, my boat, like this, you do this, you do that, no smoking, none of that, that I've been on that boat. Not with Halle Berry, calm down, Darren, but <laughs> with, with people like that who are really regimented about the way things run. And inevitably, the skipper, who's, you know, the, the odd job guy who drives the boat, who uh, does the equipment and the kit, is similarly that more laid back type character. Mm. So I think there was a little bit of kind of real world truth in the character development, but if you've maybe not spent a lot of time on, on dive boats, it might not come across as anything that's even coming close to authentic. Yeah. Um, but I do really like the way that kind of diving was covered and represented, even down to the kit they were using. You know, she was wearing the right fins for free diving. The camera guy was wearing the right fins for camera work. Like those little things I, I really appreciated. You know, it's a bit like where, my partner's really into gaming when he sees someone using a games console in a TV show and they're using the wrong controller and he then can't watch any of the rest of the film. I'm the same with something like scuba diving. You know, it, yeah. it, are the technical bits kind of right? Are the, the people in that environment right for that environment? And for me, they were. And I think for me, because I was enjoying so much the, the wildlife aspects of the film, I just could look away from all of the niggles around the, the plot and the characters and, it didn't attract for me. I was just waiting for the next underwater scene. Yeah, I wanted it to go back underwater when they were pissing about on the boat, really. It was like, I was enjoying the stuff underwater. Can we just get back down there, please? It was the big selling point of the movie for me because it had much more of that footage than a lot of shark-based movies. And yeah, I know that the budget was 25 million bucks, but at least they've spent it in getting some really fab underwater footage. And you're right about the technical aspects of a movie or TV series, because I was watching the Undeclared War the other night. It was about a cyber attack and the IT mm. side of me. Well, I think Alison just wanted to switch it off after about 20 minutes because I was going, no, no, they wouldn't do that. As if they would find that that easily. No, you wouldn't hide it there. You're right. I mean, I think when something is technically ropey and you know quite a bit about the subject, it does detract. So it's nice to know that this has got all the technical stuff pretty much bang on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's nice they have that authenticity. They show that if they've done their research and they've actually put effort into the film. And of course, if this isn't the director's first outing into the uh, deep blue sea territory, he obviously cares about the subject matter. Yeah, I think that really comes across that the, the filmmakers here 
are portraying something that they're invested in and that they care about. And I don't mean Halle Berry. Um, it's <laughs> it's about the sharks. And yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. I have to say, it's, it's now up there with my other favourite kind of shark films. I'd watch it again when my partner's out because we got a third of the way through, paused to make some food and he went, oh God, there's still over an hour left. So I think it's quite it's quite a Marmite film in that respect. If you if you like seeing well filmed wildlife footage, and that's enough of a pull for you, then you'll enjoy this. But if you're looking for a really interesting plot, a well crafted human think piece, forget about it. Go and watch something else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it does have its merits. It's not a bad film in the slightest. I mean, technically, it looks amazing. It syncs with the whole uh, the plot and the characters. But otherwise, it's not the worst shark movie ever made. There is definitely worse out there. I think the critics were a little harsh on it. It only roasted less than $500,000 out of the box office. So it was a massive flop. Oh. I don't think it was deserving of that. And that's what, um, when I was researching into it before viewing it, I was quite intrigued because I was wanting to know why this failed so badly. It finished filming in 2010, but the release was continually delayed. And eventually it simultaneously went into cinemas and on VOD because um, Lionsgate had decided the film would get widely seen that way rather than just go straight into theatres. Um, and they had no advanced screening for critics either. Yeah, that's usually a red flag, the lack of an advanced screening for critics. It's not always the case. And with this one, I'm not really sure why, because I think that there's enough about it i'm thinking that critics will probably latch on to the way that the movie was made they probably don't appreciate the interactions between the characters because they are very cliched and flat quite a lot of the time but yeah it's it's a weird one i mean i think probably i mean the production doesn't seem troubled i think it's just the post-production where they suddenly realise that they they may have something that they were going to find difficult to market because it falls between two stools. It isn't a flat-out kind of eco-movie, but it certainly isn't a thriller or a drama. So I think you look at the finished product and you think, because it's not one or the other, it's going to find its audience somewhere, but the audience is going to be a lot smaller because... As Kate was alluding to, if you like these sort of underwater documentaries, you're probably going to enjoy it and you might be able to push aside some of that stuff on the boat where people are just going over and over and over the same thing again. Whereas if you're just a shark movie fan, that's probably going to annoy you, which is a bit of a shame, really, because, as you said, Hayley, there's far worse shark movies out there. There's probably going to be far worse shark movies that we cover in this Summer of Shark Strand as well. And of course, you got Halle Berry in there, so. And um, looking at the um, reviews on IMDb, this is the kind of general consensus. Someone's described the film as fishy nonsense. <laughs> Another person has said dark tide, hard to take a bite out of. And then someone else has said this movie is actually quite good if you throw away your preconceived notions. And I think that that is a fair assessment of it. And then this review is quite interesting. Those poor sharks. Shouldn't there have been some kind of protective union to help poor defenceless animals from appearing in stupid and embarrassing movies? That's a, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sharks have appeared in worse things. 
let's yeah. be honest, 47 yeah. metres down uncaged. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, this is... <laughs> I think you're absolutely right that it, it's a kind of... It's strangely pitched. You know, if you if you love sharks and wildlife documentaries, then you, you watch Blue Planet. If you love Halle Berry, then you go around to Darren's and watch his personal collection. (laughs) This is a a weird between two posts situation. But if, like us, you're shark movie obsessives and you want an action film that's got really, really nice wildlife scenes in it and sharks without agendas, then I I think you could do an awful lot worse than this film. Um, And I'm really sad for it that it (laughs) made such poor profit at box office it certainly deserves to have done better than that but if it was out today and i saw it advertised at my local cinema i mean i'd go and see it because there's sharks in it you'd go and see it because of halle berry for anybody else not sure as a summer movie as well if people were expecting maybe some sort of summer blockbuster it might attract those crowds in as well it could do yes yeah the box office is really really unjust i mean We've covered Jaws 3 and that actually turned a profit at the box office. And that is dog shit. It's absolute (laughs) dog shit. Whereas this one has made no money at all. And whatever you can level against Jaws 3, because it's just thrown together and it's it's made with with the sort of care of a shot on video production, Jaws 3. I've come to loathe that movie over the years this isn't in the same bracket and for it to be ignored it doesn't really deserve that fate as far as i'm concerned no so if we're talking out of five sharks i'd probably give it a solid four out of five sharks i give it a three i think it was a good film but it wasn't amazing but as we've discussed there's so many elements to it that can be appreciated yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably give it a three because I think there's enough about it to keep you hooked. I got another pun. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think if they'd had just dialed back on the melodrama and given us a bit more of the underwater footage, I think we could have been looking at something truly great here and something memorable and something a bit different. It's three out of five sharks for me for the movie and obviously five out of five sharks for Halle Berry. <laughs> And uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 0% tomato meter and a 16% Aww. audience score. It's very sad times. And then IMDb has given it 4.3 out of 10, um, which is, you know, okay. But I think I would have probably pushed to about a 6 because, again, it's the cinematography and the wildlife scenery and the environment. And Halle Berry herself took this film on because she just wanted to visit South Africa. It was on her bucket list and uh, that's why she did it. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Can somebody yeah. can somebody pitch a movie set in South Yorkshire then? <laughs> uh, I hope uh, that she gets to make something that has a little more bite next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the puns are it... flying thick and fast. It is summer of sharks. They are more than welcomed. <laughs> Well, maybe we should finish the recording oh, soon. Good God. <laughs> no. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> oh. thank you for listening. Yeah, so we're just, we're just going to, before we get any more puns out of our system, it just remains for us to 
thank Kate once again for joining us on this Summer of Sharks episode. It's been a delight as always, and thank you for putting up with my fanboying about Halle Berry. <laughs> You're welcome, Darren. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 69 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out our previous episodes and stay updated for upcoming episodes, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. Coming next, episode 70. It's another milestone episode. And for one episode, we're going to step away from Summer of Sharks to bring you something a little different. We're going to have an interview with filmmakers Mel Gurley and Paul Huxley. So they're going to have a chat to us about how they got into the filmmaking business, what they've been doing over the past few years, their current movie seepers and what they're up to next. Yeah, it's going to be a great episode, so make sure you check that out. And It's really interesting if you're interested in all behind the scenes of filmmaking. Until then. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bay. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podchaser, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.